Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. All right, so I'm going to try to compose myself and take these next few minutes to share. Like I said a moment ago, I believe that there's a message that God has put in my heart for this season and this moment in your life. And we are in this Christmas season and we've named this time here at NUMA, Christmas at NUMA. Christmas at NUMA. That's actually something that we're launching this year and that's what we're going to be using when December comes around. And there's a lot of things that are going to be involved in this Christmas at NUMA. And uh, I don't know about you, but this is one, if not the most, for me personally speaking, it starts right around Thanksgiving, and it'll go all the way through Christmas, my favorite time of the year. I don't know how many of you guys enjoy this Christmas time. I know that there's a lot of hustle and bustle and a lot of things going on, all right? But growing up, you know, personally speaking, I loved the Christmas season, you know? Uh, growing up, you know, from a Cuban family, I was born here, but my parents are Cuban. You know, we would get the lechon ready and arroz moro and yuca. And it's like, don't you eat that every day? No, in my house, we ate that maybe like twice a year, you know? And, uh, one of them was Thanksgiving and the other one was Christmas. All right. And we would put the Christmas tree. And I, I don't know about how this was in your house, but I love the Christmas tree. You know, because when I would see the Christmas tree and the lights and all these things, and then I would see the baby Jesus, and it would make me wonder. Even even young, as a, as a little kid, maybe four or five years old, I, I would look at the, at the manger, and I would look at the whole story, and it would make me wonder and think, why would God want to come here to earth? I would see that baby, and I would remember my parents telling me, oh, that that's God. I was like, why is God a baby? You know, and uh, it was thoughts that, that, that would come into my mind and into my head. And, and Christmas was always great at my house, even though it was just my mom, my dad, and me. You know, growing up here in the United States, uh, we celebrated Santa Claus, all right? And I know some people are like, you know, Santa Claus is not real, this and that. I believed in Santa Claus till I was about 10 or 11 years old, believe it or not. You know, and, and even though there was not a chimney in my house, it's like, how did this guy get in here, bro? He looks kind of, you know, a little heavier than I am. You know, how did he break into my house? And, and I loved it because, uh, not only listen to this growing up, you know, my parents are Cuban, but they celebrated the whole Santa Claus thing. So I was going to get toys from them. But my, my grandparents were very Cuban and very Cuban in their roots. So they were like El Dia de los Reyes Mago, you know, the, you know, the, the three wise men day. And you celebrate that on the 6th of January. So for me, there was no problem because I was going to get gifts on the 25th and I was going to get gifts on January 6th. So I let my parents and my grandparents go at it and have their conflict and I would be the beneficiary of getting gifts on two different days, you know. And then my birthday is right around the corner on January 26th. So I was like, guys, this is amazing. December and January just, you know, go at it. You know what I'm saying? And I get blessed for it, you know. And, and I was sharing this last week in Tampa, but it was quite a story. Uh, I would write a letter to Santa Claus. I don't know if, if anybody, you know, some of the younger people do, did that. But I remember right around Thanksgiving, the week right after, my dad was like, you haven't written your letter to Santa Claus yet. I'm like, oh, yeah. 
you know. So my mom would sit down with me, and I would write that letter, you know, and the, and the things that I want. And there was a little stocking. It was my, 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 my stocking, you know, and I would put the letter there. And I remember I would put the letter there the week after Christmas, and my dad would, would, would tell me this. Santa Claus is coming from very far away. He's coming from the North Pole. He travels very far to get here to Miami. He's going to get here. He's going to be tired. So why don't you leave him a beer on the table for when he comes, he can sit down and rest up a little bit. And, and he likes beer. And I'm like, Santa Claus likes beer? And I was like, what kind of beer does he like? My dad would go, Heineken. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I was like, that's the one we have in the refrigerator, you know? So I was like, let's get a Heineken out and put it on the table. You're not going to believe it. What a rascal, man, my dad was. <laughs> you know what would happen the next morning? The next morning I would wake up, the car to Santa Claus was gone, and the beer bottle was empty with the little cap right on the side. And I would be like, oh, my God, Santa came during the night. And my dad's like, and he loved the beer. <laughs> he loved it. He, looked, he drank it all. And uh, those are some of the stories, you know, that, that I, I grew up around this whole Christmas time. You know, and celebrations. How many of you guys already have gone to at least one Christmas celebration already? How many of you guys? A few of you guys. Most of you. <laughs> all right. Let me get, I got some news for you. It's just starting, all right? Actually, today, we have our Dream Team Christmas party. Any Dream Teamers out there today? The Dream Team? All right, we got our Christmas party today after the second service. It's going to be in Top Golf. all right? So we're going to have a great, great time, all our Dream Teamers, you know, but... I loved all this, you know, the food and the celebration. And, and I loved having two weeks off, you know. As I was growing up, I was like, thank you, Lord. You know, two weeks off from school and, 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 and all these things. But as we look into this Christmas season, I, I, I don't want you to forget in the midst of all the lights and the celebrations and the food and, and family coming over or maybe you're traveling. I don't want you to forget Jesus in the midst of the Christmas celebration. Because I'm going to tell you something. He could get lost in the midst of all that. And Christmas be done, and you're getting ready for New Year's, and after New Year's, you're ready to start off the year, and all of a sudden, the celebrating of Jesus just got lost in the midst of everything that we were doing. And, and, and today, I, I want to call attention to this because, like we hear out there, Jesus is the reason for the season. And, and we believe that. That's why you're here this morning and you're in church. But we could get so busy and so wrapped up in so many things in, the, in these days that we need to be careful and understand why it is that He came to this world. And he came to this world, guys, because of you. And he came to this world because of me. He came into this world because of each of us being, okay, in spiritual bankruptcy. We were broken, okay? And that's why I love the song that we just sang, because that was our condition. And maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, that was not my condition. It's still my condition. Well, let me tell you something. Jesus came for you. 
And, and Jesus can meet you right there where you at. Because even though for some of us, and I include myself, Christmas could be a great, great time of the year where we celebrate, for other people, it's not that good. For other people, Christmas, okay, is not an easy season. It's not an easy moment. For example, one of the things that I've been studying about this is that, okay, Medical depression, depression on people doubles during the time of Christmas. I don't know if you knew that. In a study done by, by, by a magazine called Psychology Today, listen to this, 45% of people that were interviewed, they say that in the time, the time of Christmas brings fear and anxiety to their heart. 45% of the people, that's almost half of the population. Fear and anxiety. Maybe, maybe you are, you're feeling like that today. Maybe you're feeling anxious or, or you're feeling alone. You could be feeling financial pressure right now because you're coming to the end of the year and you don't have enough to make it. And, and there's a Christmas party that you have to go to and, and you have to buy a, a gift for somebody. We, we weren't good when, when I was growing up financially speaking. I remember the struggle it was for my dad to give me money just for the gifts exchange in class. Because $20 were hard to come by. And you can find yourself in a, in a situation like that and, and, and getting more into depth. Oh, and let me tell you, they'll pray on you because they'll send you credit card, you know, applications through the mail. And you're like, oh, God provided for this Christmas. No, he hasn't. <laughs> That's not your money. They want you to get into depth because guess what? December's going to come around and then January's going to get there. And guess what? You're going to have some bills that you got to pay, but with interest. And you're like, oh, yeah, but a 0% financing for 18 months. <laughs> I don't know how many of us send minimum payments for 18 months, and then all of a sudden you get hit by all these interests, and you're like, where did this come from? The 18 months are over, guys. And guess what? Christmas is around again. Oh, but they're sending me a new credit card. And all of a sudden, you just go into the cycle. And that's why church in January, okay, we're going to have a finance seminar on the 15th. And I want to encourage everybody to sign up. Oh, pastor, I'm not in depth. Oh, no, don't worry. We want to help you. Okay, maybe you need to build a budget. Maybe you want to start a business for the first time. Maybe you have a business, but you don't have the right culture in your business. We're going to have a finance seminar on the 15th of January from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Sign up for it. This is a great moment for me to announce this in the middle of this point of my message. Because here at NUMA, let me tell you something. I want you to be free from all the traps and the snares that the enemy will try to bring to bring you captive and for you not to live the fullness of what Christ came to bring to you when he came to earth. And God does not want his children in bondage. Can I get an amen, somebody? He doesn't want you in bondage to anyone or to anything. All right? So we look at all these things, and for some, December is not that easy. You know, December 23rd, 2014, my dad passed away. 
And I remember that was not an easy Christmas because I was going through this whole emotional situation of, of my dad, you know, being gone. But no matter what you're going through this Christmas, today, this morning, here at Numa, whether you're watching or here in person, I have some great news for you. And you might be, Pastor, what are those that I don't know what you're heart condition might be right now. I don't know what you might be going through right now, but Jesus came to earth for people like you. He came for, to earth for people like me. He's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for people that are looking for him. And if you're here this morning, I believe that you're looking for God. And he's drawing you in. You could have accepted the invitation of somebody. Or it could be that is your habit to come to church on Sundays. You know what? This Christmas, Jesus wants to draw your heart closer to him. He wants you to draw your heart closer to him. He wants you to see something different this Christmas. I want you to go with me in your Bible to Matthew 4. Pastor, you haven't said the name of the message yet. No, don't worry. I'm about to get into that. Ma Matthew chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. And, and, and look at what the Bible says here. It says... In the land of Zebulun, this is in Israel, this is a territory, and of Naphtali, beside the sea, beyond the Jordan River, in Galilee, where so many Gentiles live. Listen to this. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death cast its shadows, a light has shined. The people who sat in darkness. Who's that, pastor? That's us. The people that sat in darkness, it says here, who live where death cast a shadow. A great light has shined. A great light has shined. Those that recognize that are outside of God, there is no true life. That outside of God, there is no true hope. That outside of God, there's no true meaning to life. Those that recognize that, a great light has shined upon you. And those that have not recognized it yet, that light is shining. And if you allow it, that light will shine in your heart and change you forever. It did to me. The question that I have for you today is if you are seeing Jesus in this Christmas, are you seeing him? You know, because I remember you put the manger and then you put Santa and then you put, you know, the, the decorations and the balls and the gifts and all that. And, and sometimes in the Christmas tree, the little manger and, and, and the baby Jesus and all that would get moved all the way to the corner and to the side because oh, we got to put this here in the front. And, and that's the reality of what sometimes happens in our life. He gets moved to the corner. Are you seeing Jesus this Christmas? And that's the title of today's message. Seeing Jesus this Christmas. That's the title for this message today because the reality is and I believe this with all my heart that everybody wants to see Jesus I believe that with all my heart the Bible says that he is the desire of the nations he is the desire of the nations this messianic hope that all of us have inside for peace 
this messianic hope that we all have for things to get better. The messianic hope why people migrate from one nation to the next and people are willing to go into the ocean and risk their lives or cross, okay, cross the border of our country. The other day I was talking to this gentleman in Orlando and he was telling me, Pastor, you remember those people that were under the bridge and the images and all this? He goes, me and my family were one of those people. And I'm like, how long did it take you to cross? And he goes, it took me about 26 days to go through all these countries and, and, and come in. And I'm not talking about, you know, immigration or the reforms or what's your political view on this. Okay, what I'm talking about is that people are willing to risk it all to look for a better life. To look for better opportunities. And Christ comes to give us that. And if we see Jesus, you know what? He'll do something inside of us. He'll bring peace to our hearts. He'll bring hope to our lives. And that is my prayer for you today. That in this Christmas, you will see Jesus. And that any void in your life will be filled. Any desire that you have will be completely satisfied. Because when you find him, you find everything in him. You find everything in him. He becomes the answer to everything. You know, as I read the scriptures, I love that the Bible records those first people that encountered Jesus when he just came to earth. There, there, there were some people that, that encountered Jesus when, when he was just a baby. And their lives were changed forever. I mean, you, you go through these stories and, and you see the life change taking place. And today, the purpose of my message is that you can identify yourself with some of these people. We're going to look at a couple of these stories in the time that I have today. And we're going to look at their encounter with, with Jesus. And as you see their encounter, that you can encounter yourself through them today. The first people I want us to take a look at here is, is those that are called the wise men or los tres reyes magos for the Hispanic, Cuban, you know, all you Hispanic people that know the los tres reyes magos. I don't know if they were, you know, magicians or not, all right? But they're three wise men from the East. That's what the Bible calls it, all right? And, and, and they wanted to see Christ. They wanted to see Jesus and they did the impossible to get there. I mean, these guys were tracking the stars. They, they, they were opening maps. They, they were studying the times. These guys did everything possible. They crossed the desert, putting their lives at risk to see if they could see Jesus, to see if they could find that baby that was born to be king of kings and lord of lords. And, and they end up talking to who was the king at that moment of Judea called Herod. And, and they show up in front of Herod and they tell him, listen, where is the king of the Jews? And Herod is probably, you're looking at him and like, no, it's not you. It's one that is being born now. And I imagine the king started to feel like this flame coming up in his heart. Like, what do you mean it's not me? And they get into this conversation and finally Herod, trying to deceive, he goes, listen, go and look for him. And, and when you find him, let me know so that I can go and, and, and worship him as well. So they, they go, they go on their way. And, and it's very interesting because they're not doing it to have a conversation with Jesus. They couldn't talk to him. He was a baby. 
They're, they're, they're not going there, okay, to see a grown wise man, you know, to speak the mysteries of God. Actually, this is the amazing thing, that when you see Jesus, when you see him, there's not much to say. This morning I was sitting there and there wasn't much to say. Pastor, what were you telling the Lord? Just my language were tears that were coming down my face. When you encounter Jesus, words are not necessary. Just quiet awe. Just this reverence for who he is. And you just contemplate his beauty. And, and that's what happened here in Matthew. If you go in your Bible, Matthew 2 verse 11. It says, they entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You see, when they saw Jesus, the reaction was immediate. And, and, and what was the reaction? Well, the, the Bible says that they, they bowed down and they worshipped him. There, there's nothing else to do when you're standing in front of him. They bowed down, they, they worshipped him, and, and, and it says here that, that they gave him gifts. They brought their treasures to him. Now, why is that important? Because the Bible says wherever your treasure is, your heart will be also. So what were they doing at that very moment? They were, they were bowing their hearts to, to Jesus at that moment. And, and pastor, what does that have to do with me today? What does that have to do with my situation, with, with what I'm going through? That if you look for Jesus and, and you find him in this Christmas, I, I want to encourage you that if you find him, worship him. Surrender to him. Present your heart to him. He doesn't want this great gift. What can you give to God? What can you give to him? The Bible says, what, how can you serve God when not even the highest heavens could contain him? You know what the Lord wants? He wants your heart and he wants my heart. He wants true worship. And it has nothing to do with singing. Praise God, because I would have been disqualified. <laughs> he wants your heart. But pastor, my heart is messed up. My heart is broken. My heart is in pieces. Listen. If Jesus was willing to be born in a manger the first time around, who are you to tell him that he can't be born in your heart the second time around? He's looking for your heart. He's looking for you to worship him. Then the second people that come up in the story that, that I want us to look, that, that, that they, they saw Jesus, it was these shepherds. Now, this is an interesting story because these are not shepherds, all right? Like, you know, some of us think of pastors and you're like, oh, they were like people like you. No, they were not people like me, you know? These are like sheep pastors, you know? They had sheep, you know, like, you know, and they're walking around with like walking sticks, all right? And the shepherds or the pastors back then, all right, for the Jews, the, the shepherds were outcasts. They were the lowest of the lowest of society. 
Actually, you see it in the story with King David when, when Samuel comes to anoint the new king and he doesn't find anybody amongst David's brothers. He, he goes to the dad, is this all you have? He goes, oh yeah, yeah, my other son, he, he's out there with the sheep. You see, shepherds are forgotten. They're out there where, where nobody goes. And the angels appear to the shepherds. Now, it's something very interesting to me because the Lord guides these wise men that are kings to come and worship the Lord, but he also finds the ones that are rejected and that are outcast. So in other words, it doesn't matter where you fall in the spectrum. You could have an encounter with Jesus. You could see Jesus. He wants to change you. doesn't matter if you're rich. doesn't matter if you're poor. doesn't matter if you're popular. It doesn't matter if you're rejected. You could have an encounter with him. He could encounter you there. And, 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 and one of the things, actually, come with me, is in Luke chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. After the angels announced to these shepherds the birth of the Messiah, li li listen to what happens. It says, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let us go to Bethlehem. And let us see this thing that has happened. Let us see this thing. They wanted to see Jesus. They wanted to see Jesus. Which the Lord has told us about. Then they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. So they go and they, and they see to see if this is for real, if the story is real, what the angels are telling them. They're freaking out. It's dark. These angels appear. And they're like, we got to see this for ourselves. We got we to gotta know if this is real or not. And, and, and they go and they find the baby. And what does the Bible say? That he was lying in the manger. Now, I've been to Israel and I've been to that place. And, and I got to say something to you guys. It was not a house. It was not a hotel room, all right? It was out in the field. It's in caves. There's hundreds of caves in that field in Bethlehem. And in one of those caves, which one, Pastor? Uh, we don't know. <laughs> they didn't put an X, and they say X marks the spot, and that's where Jesus was born. There's a church that proclaims that that's where he was born, and, and people go in there, and they worship. But I usually like to go off to some of the caves that are on their own and just try to use my imagination and say, this is how it must have been. And these shepherds find the baby there and they see him. And they're so awestruck by what happened that, that look what happens in verse 17 and 18. It says, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened. And when the angel had said to them about this child, all who heard the shepherd's stories were astonished. Isn't that the reaction, okay, that we should have when we realize who it is that we've encountered? It says that they saw the baby and then they ran from there to tell everybody. To tell everybody what they had seen. To tell everyone what they had encountered. You see, I believe that when you see Jesus, but you see him for real. Not just you come because somebody dragged you to church. No, when you have an encounter with him. I believe that when you see him for real, your reaction is the same one that those shepherds have. You got to go and tell everybody about it. You got to go and tell everybody.
It's like that lady that Jesus had a conversation with her when she was sitting by the well. And Jesus reads her thoughts, her mind. He tells her all these things and she runs back into the village and she says, come out here and see this man who has told me everything about my life. When you have a real encounter with Jesus, you can't stay quiet. You can't keep it to yourself. Well, pastor, I just don't feel like that. Then you haven't encountered him the way that these guys encountered him. And there's a greater encounter for you, which God is inviting you to in this Christmas. It's not the religious kind. It's not the church kind. It could be the one that you're driving and you have your hands on the steering wheel. You could be hearing a worship song and all of a sudden it hits you. You're like, oh my. Or you could be alone at home drinking a coffee and you might be reading your Bible and all of a sudden it's like if it just opens up in front of you and you go and tell people. You see, I remember when I encountered the Lord If you were breathing, living, I would talk to you about Jesus. And I remember one of those people that I had targeted that I wanted to talk to was this girl that she was actually my prom date. I took her to prom. And, you know, I really liked this girl. But she really wasn't in good habits at that time. I was 18 years old. She was 17. And... I remember that I started walking with the Lord and I started to pull away a little bit from the crowd that I was hanging out. But I really cared for her, so I wanted to to tell her about what God was doing in my life. And one day she goes, okay, I'll pick you up. But she had encountered a a new person. She was in a relationship with a guy. And she goes, Chris, this guy that's going to come with me, he just got out of jail three days ago. Those are the people I used to hang around with. (laughs) He got out of jail three days ago, and we're going to go, and, and, and you can tell me what it is that you need to tell me. So we get in the car. She picks me up. I'm there with this guy, and we're driving. You know, I think we were to get like a coffee or something like that. And, and she goes, okay, what it is that you wanted to tell me? And I'm like, listen, I got to tell you about this person that I just met. Who is it? It's Jesus. Ah, and you just brush it off. Like, no, 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 but you don't understand this Jesus that I've met. I'm like, you know who I am. You know how I am. He's changing me. And I started talking to them. I didn't have a testimony because I was in the middle of my testimony, you know. I didn't have a story to say because I didn't even know how to phrase what was coming out of my mouth. All I knew was that I felt something wonderful inside and that God was changing me. And I, I was seeing something for the first time. And the guy that had gotten out of jail, he's listening to this while he's driving. And after I'm done, he turns around and he looks at me. I'm 18 years old. This is 1995. He looks at me and he goes, you should become a pastor someday because you're really passionate about what you're talking about. And he goes, and I could hear God speaking to me through what you're saying. And I was like, maybe I should consider that one day. God gave me some good advice. Look what I ended up doing. Some guy that came out of jail three days ago prophesied to me. Now, the shepherds ran to tell people. And I don't have time to go into into all the other stories of of all these people that, that encountered the Lord. 
But in this Christmas season, if you find him, if, 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 if you see him, and you allow him to start changing you, I want to encourage to go and tell others about him. Go and tell others. Don't stay with the good news just for yourself. It's like somebody that would find the cure to cancer. Somebody that would find the cure to AIDS. Somebody that would find the cure to some crazy, uncurable disease and would keep it all to themselves. You wouldn't do that, would you? No, you wouldn't. You would go and help people. Well, let me tell you something. You and I have the cure for the greatest disease that has ever touched mankind. It's not COVID. It's called sin. Greatest epidemic. Everybody has been contaminated by it. Not one could say it hasn't touched me. Everybody. The Bible says, for all have sinned. All. And fallen short of the glory of God. So pastor, what, what are you telling me with this message today? What, what, what are you trying to let me know with this? That if you see Jesus in this Christmas season, above the situation, above the problems, above the conflict, above, above the pain, above the anxiety, above the fear, above the pressure, above the financial situation that you might be going through, if you see Jesus in this Christmas, your life will never be the same. It will never be the same. And I want to close by an invitation that the Bible makes us. And it's found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. And it says this, Fixing our eyes on Jesus. You see, there's an invitation. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Look at him. Stop looking at all the things. Even if you're here and you look, don't look at me. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose so this Christmas season, if you're growing a little weary, if you've lost hope, and you're like, this world is going from bad to worse. Things are not easy. All bad news, everything, and you just get weary at it. I want to encourage you, fix your eyes on Jesus. I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at. You can put a to the side, all those things you're taking notes on. Whether you're home or you're here, take a moment. And just bow your heads, close your eyes. And let's look to Jesus this morning. Because if you look to him, you'll find peace. You'll find hope. You'll find salvation for your soul. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.